Hi guys, it's Shane, and welcome back to another episode of Teenage Dream. So, oh my gosh, I keep moving. You guys probably don't know this right now, but I'm in the bathroom while I'm recording this because it is currently 1.54 a.m. Um, on Monday, the day this is supposed to go up, which I know I should be better at recording these episodes and getting them up and everything, but the thing is, my whole house is loud and the only time it's quiet is like during the night. And also my cousin's here in my room and she snores. So we have to be in the bathroom. So welcome to this podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy, I guess. <laughs> Let's just get into it. Okay. So since the holidays, oh my goodness, there's an echo, but try to ignore that. Since the holidays, I wanted to focus on families. So usually, you know, when it's not Corona, um, we wouldn't really be around our families during this time. And, you know, people would be seeing their families, visiting their families, like, you know, the whole shebang. But of course, we can't do that. And it's kind of weird but i really wanted to talk about family during your teenage years and stuff like that and i wanted to start with strict parents the type of parents i have because lucky me um you know the thing about strict parents and i feel is true strict parents just create sneaky kids kids who do things behind their back kids who do things where they're not looking where they're not there and the worst thing about having strict parents during this time like when you're a teenager is like this is a time where you have like the less less worry of things you know you don't have to worry about things that much you like, yes, you do. I'm not saying teenagers don't have the bunch of things to worry about, but you're not in college. Like, this is when you're finding yourself, when you are finding your friend group, when you are, like, just, re- like, this is time where you want to make memories, where you want to go to homecoming, when you want to go prom, when you want to go to the football games. Even though how cheesy and corny that sounds, you just want to be able to do that and be able to see your friends and make memories with them because you don't know what could happen and it's something I think about a lot and it's I know sometimes they want to look out for you and they're worried about you but it's like shouldn't you trust me enough and know me enough to be like hey I know my daughter or my son wouldn't do that like I know my child for who they are and I know that as a person they're not the type of people to be doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I feel like with strict parenting, it causes a lot of kids, as soon as they turn 18, to want to leave and go off to like colleges that are like far, far away, you know, like not even in the same area. And I feel like I'm in that kind of predicament, but I want to go to college in Florida for the most part. Um, Yeah, like I feel like I just don't want to go to college that is too close because I'm ready to be my own person and experience my life without moms and pops being like hey I don't like no you can't do this you can't do that 
like I understand your parents shouldn't allow you to do everything but if I want to see like my friend who I've been friends with like since forever I should be able to see my friend and it's not like I'm asking you every single day or even every single week it's just the few times I want to see my friends I don't and I don't get to make the memories I want to go to a freaking football game but and it's a school football game let alone that I don't know what's the fear. I want to go to homecoming and it's a, it's school homecoming, you know? I like it doesn't take money to go to, you know, it doesn't take money to go to drive me to the mall. Like it really doesn't. It really doesn't take money to do the simple things and it doesn't take a lot of money to be like, "Hey, um, here is $20 for your, so you can go to the movies with your friend or for you guys go to the skating ring or like, I don't know. And I felt like before Corona was when that was kind of coming up. And I just, I just want to be my own person, be able to do my own things. And I, I'm old enough to learn how to drive. And I, like my parents have made it clear and say they want me to learn how to drive and they're going to get me a car, which I'm very thankful for because a lot of people don't have that type of opportunity. But I want a car, of course, so I could be able to do ABCD without worrying about my parents. But like, I just want to be able to see my friends. And I'm not really talking about, of course, now, because it's not really the safest thing to go do and to be going to all these places. But I just want to make memories because there's no other time in life you're going to be here. And life is too short to be not being able to do that. And strict parents just make sneaky kids who are doing ABCD behind their back. And they don't even know. They don't even know. And I feel like as a parent, you should have some sort of trust in your kid to be like, hey, um, I trust you enough to do this. And I'm like, I'm just hanging out with the friend I've been friends with since like forever. I talk to that friend like every single day, you know, we like, we know each other well. And yet you're like, I don't like you don't trust me. And for whatever reason, and I wish you did. I, I really wish you did. I really wish you wouldn't group me into the same category as other teenagers who are doing this and like that and because that's not who I am and I wish you would see me as like hey this isn't my daughter or that's not my son that's not my child like I wish you wouldn't just jump to conclusions and be like oh I saw so-and-so do this and I saw this person do that when at the end of the day I'm not this person and I'm not so-and-so I'm Jane like you know my name was given to me at birth and this is who I am like I wish you could see that and a lot of kids who just have strict parents and if there are any parents listening to this I'm just going to tell you this because you guys are probably sitting here being oblivious, thinking, oh, my little angel, 
because I don't let my child do anything. They're just sitting here doing it, not doing anything. They're probably sneaking out. They're doing things behind your back. You don't know what they're doing, but they are. They're doing it behind your back. And you, it's it's like you put them in a position where they don't really trust you because you they don't feel like they you know them or want to get to know them enough for them to trust you because it doesn't seem like you trust them you know i feel like especially now with like technology and i feel like as time goes on like generations will like get better at this but especially now with technology there's just such an age disconnect between kids and their parents because parents didn't grow up with freaking iphones and like macbooks and social media that's not something they grew up with that's not something they were exposed to so there's just a disconnect in general you know there's a disconnect because they don't see things the way we see them they don't like to them us being addicted to our phones is like, oh, this, or us overusing our phones, it's like, oh, it's, it is, it's not viewed seriously. It's not viewed as seriously as you would see it, you know? I guess, I don't know how to describe it. Like, to them, it's like, oh, why are my kids always on their phone? But to us, the phone is like, a means it's like how when there is something wrong for like it's the first thing we go to because when we don't feel like our parents know us or trust us or at least want to know or trust us then we go to our phone we go scroll through the social media and that's how it becomes an addiction they don't there's just a disconnect because they don't understand the way certain things are like app happening. Like they don't understand why we do certain things or why ABC. To them, it's just like, oh, they're addicted to their phones. They like to use social media, but like they don't think, why do they like to use social media? You know, why are they like shutting me out? If that makes sense. And I feel like the relationship between your parents is just so, so important. Because, like, if your parents just don't want to listen to you and they don't want to hear out what you're saying or what you're feeling or they're not taking it seriously, it just really affects the way you view yourself and your emotions. Because if somebody is constantly telling you, hey, um, you shouldn't feel this way because of this or you like I have ABCD and I don't need like which is the most common thing parents do it's like oh I go to work I pay the bills I do this and I do that and it's like yeah I understand that and I am very thankful that you do but like I'm just trying to tell you from my position how I feel about it personally how I like feel about how I like feel about it how what's going on in my life without you making it feel like the smallest thing because to me it's controlling my entire life 
and it's making it difficult. Yeah, and it's just, it's, mm, mm, mm. I'm the oldest child. I don't know if you guys knew that, but now you know I'm the oldest child. I have three brothers. Three brothers? I have two brothers. Um, I have two brothers. But being the oldest, and not only the oldest, but like, <laughs> to not to my uncles, like my dad's brother and my aunts, like I was the first child my grandpa got to see, right? Um, so like I'm the oldest through all of that. And to everybody, it's like Jane, 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 Jane. And it's like, I have to help everyone. And I'm just thinking like, when I go off to college, what are they really gonna do without me? Because the way these people sit here and rely on me, it's like I'm a freaking support system. I'm the foundation. Without the foundation, this house is gonna come crumbling down. I have to help everybody. And even when I can't, I don't feel like I can say I can't. Cause everybody like puts the pressure on me. Like I have to help and I have to do this and I have to be a role model. And I have to show everybody how to do this. And I have to be able to help everybody and able to do this and that. And it's like so suffocating sometimes. And it's like, I don't even have time to figure out myself or do my own things because everybody just expects you to be able to help everybody else when you are trying to help yourself or can barely even do that at most. It's weird because there's just so much pressure on you to be like this exemplary, to be this exemplary person, be like, hi, I am not only doing well in school, but helping all my siblings, tutoring people. And it's, and babysitting and doing this and you are given all these things at such a young age and you don't even have time you have to grow up like real quick and you have to mature really quick and you like you don't even have time to be go through those little kid phases because you just have to be thinking about everybody else and i feel like this is the reason why i don't want kids i have have like I've been having to take care of kids since I was a kid <laughs> like I wasn't even fully able to do anything myself but yeah I had to look out for everybody else you know make sure everybody else is okay and I have to remember these things and it's like the you know that like meme where it's like oh living in an immigrant family and you having to read the like documents the government documents and the mail and emails and stuff like that and let's be honest i do the things that like parents are supposed to do like oh i have to go check my brother's grades i have to make sure they're in check i have to make sure how to help them with their homework because there's just not a language disconnect and my parents went to like my dad, he went to like high school 30 years ago and elementary school and middle, like <laughs> that was a really long time ago. But it's like, it's just, you have to do those things and you, while also balancing yourself, 
and there's just nobody else to help you. Like, especially when you come from an immigrant family, like I was saying in my college episode, there's nobody to help you with things like that. You have to figure it out yourself. And of course, you're going to make mistakes. Like, even if you are the youngest sibling of like how many siblings and you have your other siblings telling you, hey, do this, do this, do this. You can still make mistakes. But like when you're the oldest, there's pressure on you not to make mistakes. But then again, you don't even know what you're doing. You just have to do. Oh, okay. This is your reminder during the episode to go drink some water. Because I know you guys don't be drinking water. And I'm going to take a sip with you so you guys don't feel alone. See? (laughs) Random fact, I hate, like, eating or drinking in the bathroom. But... I don't want to like get up and go outside the bathroom just to drink water. So this would feel weird. That just, mm-mm. it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. But yeah, I wanted to go back to like the strict parent thing. I feel like strict parents um, mainly affects, mainly affects, mainly affects like women and girls. And this is why. Like, it's just, like, it's misogyny, but it also is, like, oh, I don't want my daughter getting pregnant. But, you know, think of it, like, how you hear those things where it's, like, oh, you see those videos, and it's, like, oh, my son is, like, parent, like, that's, oh, let me get my words out. It's, like, fathers being proud because their son is losing their virginity at 12 and 13, and or whatnot and being a like proud of their sons for like going from girl to girl or being in different relationships and stuff like that but then when their daughter is like hey i have a boyfriend oh ready to end the world and i know it's different because women are the ones who carry babies but then again i feel like in a way it just deflects responsibility from the men and it just does it does. And with strict parenting, women, they, like, it's just like, oh, you can't go there. You can't see this person. But boys, they'll be doing a whole round trip through the United States. And when you're a girl, it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Which is like, I don't understand where the trust comes from. The men, but not the girl. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe when you like people think, oh, of the show 16 and pregnant, it doesn't really show the man, the man's point of view, you know, not the man's point of view. It doesn't show like most of the time. It doesn't show men taking responsibility. It shows them like running away from the responsibility and women having to do that. But I feel like we just need to stop it, you know, stop stop and end the just end it i'm gonna go more in depth with that in another episode because i just come up with episode like ideas while filming episodes while recording episodes and another thing i wanted to talk about on the topic of parents is just like different beliefs like having different opinions with or different interests than your parents. And 
it's already difficult if it's like somebody that's it's already difficult for somebody who's like difficult for you to speak with them right like speak to them so like if you already have a parent that is difficult like it's already hard for you to speak to them and then the parent is like hey you know and you have an opposing opinion you want to like not say that opposing opinion because you already know it's difficult to speak to them and just having different interests and different beliefs than your parents can like cause so many problems think of it like colleges um my parents don't even know I have podcasts but for example my parents they're like very like people who believe in school and schooling and going to school and going to college like you know they're not really the type of people who be like oh no like it's fine if you don't want to go to college no they're like you have to go to college type of people right and like if you have had like that kind of it make my voice deep oh my goodness what in the world um that kind of makes it difficult for you to be able to be like hey you know i don't want to do this like i don't want to go to college or if your parents are like homophobic it's difficult for you to be like hey i support this or it's even worse if you are part of the community and they're like already like it's just harder for them to be like to, for kids and teenagers to be like hey this is this is this and i feel like parents should be open minded on you know different subjects and topics because being closed minded just makes your kid feel like uncomfortable like and unable to say what they feel and what they believe because they're going to fear judgment you know and i am the oldest so i can't tell you about middle child or youngest that's all i could t- kind of tell you i know my brother who's the middle child he's always like well nobody seems to care about me around here when we do and if you're a middle child we care about you and everybody just seems to not do that because everybody else has so much going on if that makes sense and it might seem like oh my parents paid to just the oldest but then again your oldest is like basically a parent so like think of that like your parent you're like the oldest child is basically a parent you know you, it's like i so i guess and or you're like oh they always pay attention to the youngest which they pay attention to the youngest because to them that's like the baby like <laughs> it's like i pay attention to the baby and let's be honest some of the things my younger brother like does I'm like, at his age, that was over a long time ago, you know, it was done with. And I know younger siblings, you don't want to be treated like the baby, but sometimes you guys act like the baby. I'm just going to say, you don't want to be treated like it, but you also act like the baby, you know? I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just going to say it. Just that's it. <laughs> so, 
I like, let me talk about my spending habits. And the thing is, the money I be, the money I spend, I shouldn't be spending because it's not like I have a job. And even if I had a job, like I go to college, like 2022, I should be saving that money. You know, I just have really bad spending habits. And I feel like I'm overcompensating for the fact, <laughs> like I just am, I'm just overcompensating for my emotions, like filling up buying things that will provide me temporary happiness that I don't really need, but I want. Like, I bought a skateboard. But then again, I bought that skateboard with money from, like, this thing, like, these focus groups that I do. But it wasn't like, oh, you could go put that money in your bank account. You could go use this money and, like, it's what... It was an Amazon gift card, you know, like the choices were limited. The choices were limited. And it's not like I could have been like, hey, okay, let me go buy this on here. And even if they do give me like Visa gift cards, I can't be like, hey, I'm going to go save this for my, when I apply for colleges, because by the time, like they're expired by May, usually like they last maybe six months and then they're gone, emptied out. But let me tell you what I bought this week and then what I bought last week. <laughs> last week I bought, oh my gosh, I got, um, Uber Eats was having this $15 off thing and then you would just pay delivery or no, you would just pay tip. And I ordered um, some checkers fries, which was unhealthy. And but it was delicious, it was, and I was craving checkers fries. I was also craving tacos from Taco Bell, so I ordered three um, Doritos Locos tacos from Taco Bell, and it was delicious. And also, I was really upset that day because of my building my desk, and it was just a lot. Um, oh, I forgot to. Ex- say this during my episode another thing about family is just like not feeling like you're heard you know well i did say that but it's like when you are explaining your emotions and they're not listening like you keep talking but you're not listening and what sometimes when in a sense even like without even like not even talking about families sometimes it's just better sometimes people just need you to listen and to not talk and if you keep talking about yourself, it just seems narcissistic and selfish because I'm explaining what I feel and then you're going to be talking about things that don't even go with what we're talking about, you know? I have a college meeting, I had a college meeting with CAPS, basically. Um, I told you guys last week I had that meeting in the last episodes and I have another one Tuesday, so... Let me tell you how this one singular meeting, and this is what I mean. It's one thing that would just flip off my whole week, like flip off my whole vibe, like throw it all off. And it was this meeting. Let me tell you how. So they were talking about financial aid. It was basically helping you with finance, financial aid and stuff like that. And the thing about that is, I went to this meeting. They asked me, how much do your parents make? How much this? How much that? What's your GPA? How many 
volunteer hours do you have? You know, all the things you need to do to get into American colleges, get financial aid and fast and all of that and bright futures, which not every state has. Like I thought every state had some of these programs, but they don't, which I feel really bad about, like really sad about because that's kind of bad, you know? So I went to this meeting and everything, they were like, okay, fine. Everything was good. And they asked me what my PSAT score was. Let's talk about the PSAT. When I took the PSAT, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, whatever. I took, I, I couldn't even focus during the PSAT. Let's like, I didn't prepare for it. I just, I didn't even read every like story in the PSAT. I just was like, not even focused during the PSAT. And I was like, I don't even care about the PSAT. Didn't care about my score. Let's be honest. You want to know my PSAT score? I got an 800, 800 something, which is not really good. And for me to get 100% Bright Future Scholarship, I need 100 service hours, which is easy. You know, simple things could get you service hours. Like I'm telling you, simple things could get you service hours. And I need 70, I need a 1350 on my SAT, or I don't know what score I could check like right now on for ACT, but to get 100% bright futures so right and they when i told them my psat scores they were like worried you know they were like oh you know it went it was like what about them like i didn't take i wasn't thinking about my psat scores um right i wasn't thinking about that oh i don't have act scores written down but I wasn't thinking about oh any of that but they were like yeah um we're worried about that because for you to get like anything like literally any money for college you need to get a better SAT score and PSAT usually projects your SAT and at most people usually go up 200 points and it would be a slim to none chance for you to even get to 12. Let me let me read it again. To get to 1210, oh 1210 to get 75%, 1330 to get 100%. Sorry. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I'm sitting here shocked out of my mind. I'm like, what? Repeat that. That statement alone, that phrase alone, ruined my whole week. My whole week was ruined because of that. And I cried about that. Like, I literally cried about it because I just felt stupid, you know? And I don't like when I feel stupid. <laughs> I don't like when I feel stupid because... I just don't. I don't like doing things that make me feel stupid. And just like the fact that my call, me getting into colleges, yeah, a lot of colleges waive the SAT scores for this year, but I'm not going to college this year. Like, I'm not applying for colleges this year. I'm applying for colleges next year during fall. So the fact that they're like, hey, 
the thing you need to get like any type of money to college or to get like into college, like most of them, you probably like the chances of you actually doing well on that test is low. And I I was um I was upset. I was really upset. Let's be honest. I was upset and I was sad and I was crying because I felt stupid. And I was like, how am I going to get my SAT scores? It's December. How am I gonna get my like scores? get me up to that level by freaking March. And like I could retake the SAT, but like multiple times and do super scores. But it's like, how am I even going to do that? And there's nobody to help me. There is no one to help me. My parents, they went to college in Haiti. There was no SAT. That like, there's there's no SAT except for like in freaking the United States. Other countries don't have that. Does that make like I don't like the American school system at all. I don't like how everything matters on some test. And if you're not good at taking tests and if you're an anxious test taker like me and you can't focus during tests. And I just was thinking like, hey, how am I how how is anything going to go right for me? And I was already stressed about midterms. Because there were midterms, you know, I was stressed about all of that and it was just so bad and I was stressed. I wanted to switch out of my AP class and I've only taken one AP class and I was like, colleges are going to see that I switched out of that class and they're going to think I'm stupid for doing that. When in reality, I switched out that class because my mental health couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take not having time to do anything. And like I said, I have bad time management skills, but I'm working on it. But the thing is, I just didn't want to, I don't know. I, I just, I, it was just a lot at once. And it was, I kind of wish I knew it earlier. And I kind of wish I took the SAT more seriously earlier and think and didn't think like hey during junior year I would have all this time to do this when in reality I don't because if I did I would have saved like I would have saved told my parents to save money so I could go to the Princeton review because that's the best one I would have told my parents to like I don't know I would have did more Khan Academy or all of that and now I feel like there's just this immense amount of pressure because everything in my life right now is dictated by school speaking of midterms week let's talk about it let's talk about it okay for my a push midterm honestly i didn't i did better than i thought and i studied for that midterm but i still got like a 60 and um like a 60 something it's a difficult class and she has a lot of grades to put in and like i need her to do that because it's stressing me that she's not putting grades in yeah like it really is and i need my grade to go up because the grade it is now is not cute and i in my mind the only class i could have lower than a b in is math other than that Every other class, me having lower than a B in is unacceptable. My um, early childhood class, I have that class for two periods. Um, that midterm was easy. Like, I got 100% on them. It was 
pretty easy and simple. My chemistry test. Also, in my school, we could exempt midterms. So, yeah, I take seven classes, but I can exempt some of them. My chemistry midterm. I studied for this, too. And let's get into the kind of thing that happened with it. So at my school, the county says for midterms, you get a certain amount of time for them, right? Like board-wide. You can give the midterm like five questions. They'll still say you have an hour and 55 minutes to complete these five questions, right? So my chemistry teacher was already, my chemistry teacher, she gave us 50 minutes for 50 questions. And mind you, there was like scientific notation and conversion, things that involve math. Is it like simple math? But sometimes I have to double check myself and I have to think about the questions. And mind you, you couldn't go back to the questions. So that was great. And I just felt rushed during the whole test. And I did bad on it. I did bad on it. And I was really upset. So I told, called my mom and I told her, hey, this is what happened. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call the school. And the school told me to email my teacher. And we emailed my teacher. And she said, oh, if it was in person, it would be 110 questions. And I'm sitting here like, I'm t- like they gave us a specific amount of time. You're supposed to give us a specific amount of time. It doesn't matter if we're in person or at home. I just need that amount of time because 50 minutes for a 50-minute test is not adequate unless it's like, it's not an adequate amount of time for kids to sit there and think about it. And there's kids in that class who get more time. And if it's like the kids who don't get enough, get more time are already struggling to finish the test, what are the kids who need more time doing? Like, how were they doing during that test? That's the thing I was thinking about. And I texted my friend and she was like, yeah, I felt rushed too. And I was like, and she didn't even respond to my email. So I emailed her like once and she responded with the 110 question thing. And I emailed her again. And then she's like radio silent. So yeah. Um. Also, my, uh, for the rest of my midterms, my math one, I got a 75 on it. And to some people, that may not seem that well. But for me, that is really good because it's math and math is a difficult subject for me. And I did a 75. That's really, that's good. Because I think that could make my average a C. And then I could get like a B in the third quarter and then I could make the average a B, but I don't know. Yeah, it was a stressful week. It was a difficult week, but at least I made it through the week. And we're in winter break now, so yes. If I'm being honest with you, I didn't expect this podcast episode to be this long, but here we are. I guess I had a lot on my mind and a lot to get off because this whole week I haven't written in my diary and usually I do write in my diary so yeah I haven't and I would recommend that you get yourself a diary and you write in it too 
So I wanted to talk about relationships in high school, like dating, you know, in high school. And I feel like I'm going to go more in depth, depth, depth with this in a later episode. But let me just say it. I've never been in a relationship. I've never been in a talking stage. If you guys watch my YouTube channel, you would know I made a video on why I'm single. Now, since we're plugging out, since we mentioned the YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe. You know, <laughs> my YouTube is Jane Sada, which is S A D D A H. If I, you know, and that's the YouTube channel. So let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> relationships in high school. This is how I personally feel of them. I feel like you can have a relationship in high school, right? But I don't, I'm not saying like every relationship in high school lasts because they don't. That would be a lie and it would be like false for me to be sitting here being like, hey, every single relationship in high school lasts, which is not true. Um, a lot of them are just there for you to grow and a lot of them are just there for you you know they're just there i just want to say like don't go into high school thinking that this relationship means everything i'm not saying go into the like don't go into high school thinking i need a relationship or i need to be i don't go into there thinking it like that you know it's okay to not be in a relationship. Relationship is not a necessity. Um, I feel like before you could even think about being in a relationship, you need to evaluate who am I? Am I ready for a relationship? Like mentally, physically, am I in a type of state where I can be that close to another person, you know? And what am I looking for in a relationship? What like, how do I want to be treated? And something I want to tell you is you need, we, you guys need, we need to know how we need to be treated. We cannot be taking this shit from people. I'm just going to say, we can't take this shit from people. People should not be treating you a certain way because of ABCD, you know? You need to be, you need to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I know who I am and I deserve to be treated a certain way. And I can't, I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't treat me this way. You know, I, you need to be like, I know who I am and I know that I have to be treated a certain way. Um, <laughs> High school relationships can be a like part of growing and getting to know who you are and getting to know what you like and what you don't like. And it's easy for you. It's like, don't view any relationship as a necessity. You know, the best relationship to have is with yourself. And I feel like they can be cute, but if you're one of those people who be like making out in the hallway, please stop um you know if you guys were doing that somewhere privately i'll be like cool whatever you know but if you guys are in the hallway there's an issue you know there is an issue because we don't need to see that it's like 
this is how I think about it. You guys are making out in the hallway. Your freaking math teacher passes by you. <laughs> your freaking science teacher is seeing you, you know? That, how do you just walk into their class after they see you in the hallway smooching it up? <laughs> that's just, that's so embarrassing to me. I just couldn't, I just can't. Maybe because I'm not like a person for like public affection, public, public display affection, you know, PDA, not the type of person. It's like not my cup of tea, like, you know. Um, let me tell you guys some insight from my friends. Uh -huh. Specifically my friend Ash. Some people do meet long-term lovers in high school, but that's not for everyone because it isn't. Like, don't think that you're, like there's 7 billion people in the world. We almost have 8 billion, let's be honest, people in the world. Don't think, hey, I'm going to meet my future husband or wife or just partner in a 2000 2500 student school you know it could be possible coincidence coincidence happened you know but yeah and i feel like a lot of high school relationships could be childish and just be like you know not that serious in a sense you it could still be like middle school is I don't know how to say that but that makes the most sense like the middle school type thing yeah oh geez I just I don't know if that sounded loud because I just hit the computer with my phone um everyone has their own time for love we're growing and learning and having a clear mindset an objective of what you want is something that you need to do, need to have in a relationship. And because we're still learning these things, not all of our relationships in high school last. That's talking friendships or lover, or lovers, which is true. Um, we're just learning about who we are. And certain, we'll realize that being with certain people, and it's not just like, relationships like friendships or like just in relationships in general friendships lovers whatever you realize certain people are not what you like or they don't fit what you thought you were anymore and it's okay to move apart from people and it's okay to distance yourself from people or not want to be in a relationship because you don't feel like anything fits for you and Somebody always does. And something that I, that I, like, it's an irrational thing, but I have, like, this irrational belief that I'll, that I'm just going to die alone. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to have, never, like, I'm just going to be the person, never been in a relationship, never been in a talking stage, just die alone. And where did I think this is stemming from? First, my brother, like anytime we get to like any little arguments, he's like, oh, that's why you you don't have a boyfriend. And I'm like, I don't care that I don't have a boyfriend. You care about the fact that I don't have a boyfriend more than you're caring about the fact that you don't have a girlfriend. Now, like I say, he never, oh, you don't have, a, you never had a girlfriend either. 
right? And then he had like one a girlfriend for like two weeks, and now he thinks he's king of the world, boss of everything. First of all, that relationship was bite size. That was a crumb. Yeah, you know, and I, you just like it really. It wasn't. It wasn't. Mm. It's mm, no thanks, please. Like I'm not focused on relationships. That's not my main focus. My main focus is myself, and that's the thing you need to do. You you need to focus on yourself. You need to be independent on yourself. We don't need to be relying on other people. We don't need to be like, hey, I need a boyfriend, or I feel like I've had crushes on people who are like that. I had a crush on this one boy for this really long time. And it was because I was really like sad and stuff. And <laughs> I was sitting here like, oh my goodness. Like if I, if he was my boyfriend, then like he would, like he was Jesus. Like, like I thought he would solve all my problems. Like he was Jesus or something, babes. Honestly, this was in freshman year. I wish I could just tell myself, no, we need to find our, we need to find our happiness and ourselves and stuff. Um. <laughs> okay, that's all she wrote about it, and there's really not much. I just know your boundaries and just know how to pick who you want to be in a relationship with, because. Everyone doesn't, like, you have to know, you like, don't get looped into a relationship just to be in a relationship, you know? Don't be like, I'm dating this person just to be dating this person. Like, it's a lot better for you to be like, hey, I took my time, I did this, and... Now I'm in a relationship other than, hey, I didn't. And no, I'm not in a relationship. You know, I feel like it's better for you to be like, hey, I focused on myself. I'm working on myself. I am finding who I am and who I want to be. And... I, because of me doing so, I am comfortable with being a relationship now and I have these standards. So for the poem of this episode, well, the poems of this episode, I specifically wrote poems for this episode in a kind of way. First, let's talk about, the first poem is called Overcompensate. I wrote this today. Well, actually, no, I wrote this on this. I started writing this on 17th. I finished it today. Fill up what's empty. Okay, fill up what's empty, what's lost, even if it's burned, even if it burned a hole through your heart. Empty your bank, eat your heart out, but it won't fill what's empty, what's lost, what's gone. Overcompensating is like a band aid, twist apple wound when you need stitches. Honestly, for this poem, I was like, dang, I need. I needed like more information on it. Um, 
I needed more, like, I don't know. I feel like I needed to incorporate different things into it, but my blank, my brain was going blank. So next one is called Stop Crying. If I cry enough tears, I will turn into a stream. I'll cry till it loses meaning, till my tears become dust and begin, and I begin to insensitate, insensate, oh my goodness. Life will just go on while I am paused without a feeling. That's all I got. I think I, there could be more I could put into this poem, but life will just be paused without a feeling. Next one. This one is about relationships. Um, some of these words are really big and I don't know the meanings to it, but I will be telling you the definition for those words. Okay, it's called holding back. And I think this was written earlier um, this year. Like I, I'm trying to see if I could tell you. No, I can't tell you. Holding back. It's hard sometimes to put my emotions into words. I don't know if it's my period, but I'm feeling very strong emotions. Oh, this is more like, you know, casual type poem. The type of emotion, emotions you feel in your stomach. I don't know what it's like to have love reciprocated. When the slightest bit of affection is shown, I don't know how to react. Maybe because I assume people don't care. I talk about, I talk more about this in my Why I'm Single video. I feel like, my whole life, I've only experienced unrequited love. I don't think anyone can love me the same way I love them. So I always assume they're uninterested. I know, I know my family, I know my family and friends love me, but it doesn't feel the way I thought I thought it should. But there is someone I always should feel so dotty, so dot toward towards. That word means. A feeling of longing or melancholy. Melancholy. English is not language I can speak. Melancholy. Melancholy. Whatever. Don't care. Even though I know nothing will come of us, he holds my heart, and from times, from time to time, he holds on my mind. Maybe it's because he was the only one to know. It's just the. It's just what. <laughs> this is what comes with being a hopeless romantic that is tor torping, which means an inability to express feelings to someone because of fear of rejection, vulnerability, or judgment. And you know where I got these words from? That one TikTok that's like words that I think are, dang, this was made. Because this is, I just read this and this is like still before we even like started like school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. It's like that. Okay, I got these words from like, oh, words from foreign languages or something that I think are nice, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, and it's just afraid of something she wants. I've had too many man me, honestly, I can't, man manalupai. It's a really big word and I don't know how to pronounce it. The wordless, and it means the wordless look between by two people who desire to start something but are too afraid. Stares. A whole lot of something that turned into turned to nothing. I just wish I could could, but I can't, even though I want to. 
I want to see myself in love with someone who loves me the way I love them. But I just, but I just, but I just doesn't seem to happen. English is, that's not even proper English, but it just doesn't seem to happen. Okay, next poem and the last and final one. This one is called Until I'm 18. And I actually have a date for this. This was written May 24th, 2020. Trapped until I'm 18, waiting for the death to not feel controlled, a day where I could go and go and live. For these 18 years, I felt no individuality unless it was approved by you. I couldn't be myself or live the way I wanted to if it wasn't accepted by you. The thing, the thing you fail to realize are that your kids aren't yours. They aren't meant to be who you want them to be. Even with a lot of control, controlling I a controlling eye goes blind when when kids learn to hide. That's my poem. That was honestly pretty good. Honestly, that's the best one out of all of them. But that is the end of this episode. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Jane Belisier. That is J-A-N-E-B-E-L-I. Z-A-I-R-E. My Twitter is, I always forget it, but I'm pretty sure it's like, hi, it's Jane B. My Snapchat, it's hi, Jane 8. My YouTube is Jane Sada, S-A-D-D-A-H. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, that's all for this episode. I'm Audi. Peace out. <laughs>